welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. My name is Courtney. What do we do? We talk about the do-do's and don't-do's of personalized learning. We sure do. We sure do. And today, we're, we're going to like go on like a, a new track because we've just ended a whole series of stuff that we did. Yeah, we've wrapped up our um, research of 2021. We'll do it again next year, about 2022. Mm-hmm. But uh, we wrapped that up. So, you know, feel free to go back, check those out. Let us know if you have any further questions. But we're going to um, kind of back up a little bit in a sense and go go to one of the major do-dos of personalized learning just to, to bring that back. It's been the subject of conversations mm-hmm. uh, in different professional learning um, contexts that both you and I have been involved in lately. Mm-hmm. So we figured there must be something in the zeitgeist and we should just talk about it again. <laughs> that is exactly how we do things. We, yeah. uh, a little bit behind the scenes stuff, we try to figure out just what, what's going on and then kind of hash it out here is what we yeah. do. So it's our own little therapy session. About yeah. Learning. Well, I do think that there is more talk outside of the K-12 education area. I want to rephrase that either. There's more talk outside of the K-12 education community that has already embraced proficiency-based learning. Mm -hmm. I hear more using the terms like competencies. Mm -hmm. That word is coming up a lot lately Mm -hmm. for me anyway, in some of the different conversations I have. And let me tell you the circles I run in people. Oh, I'm just kidding. That was really snobby. No, (laughs) I was waiting for like the super exciting celebrities to come out in this, in these Courtney circles, right? You all, are you all watching Inventa Anna? Inventing Anna? It's got nothing on me and my, what my life is like in the education world. (laughs) Well, I, it's funny because I did just finish that a couple of days ago. Oh, don't say, I haven't finished it yet. Don't say anything. <laughs> oh, good. I was just about to. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, okay. Uh, Anna Delvey is Courtney Belolan in disguise is, is how this ends, right? Yeah. To- no, no, no. I don't really know how it ends. But anyway, right back to, <laughs> back to the big doo-doo. So the big doo-doo has to do... <laughs> That's a first the doo has to do with um, standards and why, and the point, so for standards, you need them. If you're going to do proficiency-based education or competency-based education um, or anything that isn't just made up, I'm giving you a grade based on whatever, um, you need, you need standards and, but they're only useful to a point. Okay. This is where it gets interesting because everybody knows there's, you know, common core for ELA and math. There's national standards out there. There's state standards Mm -hmm. and people want to adopt those and use them. And first of all, that's way better than what we did before was just, as you just said, uh, make up stuff and then (laughs) you get a grade. Yeah. So great step. Yeah. However, it's not enough. No. How come? If you don't have a proficiency scale, 
you really have a tough time showing growth for a kid and knowing where they are in that standard. So for instance, if we have just a standard statement period okay, and kids are working towards that and teachers are teaching that and doing all the things that you do, at the end, it's really, I get a grade and I know that if I've passed the standard or not. But nowhere in the process there is there real good information about how much of that standard do I know? Where am I in the process? Am I almost done? Does my 85 mean that, I, that I've learned it mm-hmm. um, or, or any of those things? I mean, a standard as it is, is a great first step, mm. but I don't know where I am in that process. And, and, you know, from the title of our podcast about personalized learning, it's really about, we talk about culture all the time, right? Yes. And trying to figure out how kids uh, can, can gain agency over their, over their learning. And part of that is knowing where they are in their learning. Mm-hmm. And if you just have a standard, that's that's a binary. Yes, I've got it or no, I don't at this point. And the yes, I have it is equivalent to some tor- sort of grade. But if we have a scale, we can now break this down into smaller pieces and kids mm. can kind of see where they're going, right? Especially if you break it into uh, more foundational pieces towards that standard, suddenly you have at least two sections where these are the basic parts. These are the, this is the vocab I need. These are the, the basic processes that I need to learn in order to get to that standard level at that right. point. And now it becomes outside of the teacher's head and a, a, a student can really track where they are. Right, so wait, can, can, we, can you pause for a second? I wanna ask yeah, you please. some questions. Oh, so nice. it sounds like, um, well, all right, let's see, let me ask you this. Do you believe that a standard statement as written from any of those national or state standards documents, do you believe those are measurable as they're written? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I would say define measurable. What, what do you mean by that? Can you measure what? I guess I'm asking you exactly what you're talking about. Can you measure just based on that statement? Can you measure how a student is doing in relation to it and if they've met it or not? I would say no. Okay. Not in, but I, I, in a, as I say that I'm trying to think from, from my teaching point of view that I could argue. Yes in a very weak way. Okay, so tell me that argument. I know where kids are because look at all this work that I've assigned to these kids about the standard and their grades reflect where they are on that standard. Uh, Courtney has a 75 and an 80 and a 72 and a 91 that averages out to about an 82, 83. So she's pretty much got that standard over the two or three weeks that we've been working on this standard. Okay. Do you think it's consistently and reliably measurable across teachers and perhaps schools? For some reason, that sounds like a very leading question, Courtney. Uh, And that's exactly what part of it is. Consistency is impossible when you have just a standard statement, because let's say that you and I are teaching the exact same standard. Mm -hmm. We both interpret that our own way. Right. There's it, let's assume that we don't have PLCs and we're not talking to each other. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to coordinate that. But just 
this is my interpretation of the standard. So this is how yes. I'm going to teach this one. And this is, these are my lesson plans. This is my unit. This is what we're doing. You have that exact same situation in your classroom. However, those, those things are clearly going to be different because no two teachers are exactly the same. Okay. So you bring your own style to it. You bring your own angle to it. Uh, you emphasize what you think is important about that standard. And I may, the, the downside is I may think something else might be slightly more important in that particular standard. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I emphasize different things. Now kids are getting different levels of education again because of who the teachers are as opposed to what the standards are that they're learning. Even though you and I are teaching the same standard, we're teaching a different version of that standard that's in our own heads. There's no equity involved at all. It depends even, who you have and not what you're learning at that point. Even if the standard has like a clear verb in it, like analyze or summarize or compare. So what does analyze mean? I mean, couldn't, couldn't I inter interpret that if I'm, if, if I'm even at the point where I'm using some type of uh, taxonomy structure, yeah. some, some type of rigor framework, the way I interpret a, a, a verb like analyze could be very different from what you interpret as analyze and the work that you're getting from kids may be different enough that again, you're not having an equitable education for kids. It depends on the teachers that you get. And I think whenever I talk to, to teachers about this, they get that fact, right? When we, when we think yes. about what, what, when we went through school, there are yeah. always teachers you tried to get. And there are always teachers you try to avoid, <laughs> even though they're teaching the same thing all the way through college, right? You, you look for the professors that are the ones you like, or the ones that are a little bit easier, or right. the ones that are really focused on something you want to teach, uh, you want to take, I mean, and you avoid the ones that you, that you don't want to have anything to do with for whatever reason. So it really depends on that the teacher that you have really influences your education. And that's not equitable in any way, shape or form. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's why we need something else, like a you scale to go along with. So you were talking about the kind of scale uh, that I'm familiar with as well. And a fan of as well. The one that includes um, foundational, meeting and exceeding perhaps. Yep. Um, are there other kinds of scales that, that work? Uh, that's a question I did not expect. Uh, <laughs> Bam! <laughs> so so we are, we are uh, Courtney and I are very familiar with the same type of proficiency scale and you know organized into that. The meeting level is where the expectation is. I just mentioned a foundational level and Courtney, you just mentioned an exceeding level of that one. That that's, right. that's pretty much a standard type of scale. Right. Like four, three, two, one, like right. four, three, four, three, two, one, or you could yeah. even turn those into words if you wanted to, like no issues behind that. Uh, like changing the numbers into actual, like uh, what would they be like uh, meeting? Maybe you could say like meeting expectations, uh, getting started in progress, things like that. Whatever. Right, like some kind of descriptor for the level. It's a descriptor as opposed to a number. As, yeah. as long as you have a scale, what I, I've gotten past a, a lot of my 
super pure instincts about what competency-based education is. It's cool. I have uh, to. <laughs> it, it, you just have to. You just have to. You do. Um, you have to welcome people along wherever they're at because eventually they'll get there. Absolutely right. Yeah. And there are some things you can kind of be fuzzy on and there are some yeah. things that you have to have. And when we just mentioned having that that meeting level and then a foundational level and exceeding level, those are what you have to have. You have to have those. If you have those, that therefore they're open and transparent to kids. Right. Now kids know exactly what the expectations are, regardless if they have you or me or someone else as a teacher, here's the expectation. Here's where you are on a foundational level. Here's yeah. where you are at a standard level. And here's where you are to go beyond it or exceed. Right. It's all right there for you. And now you're creating all those conditions in the classroom for kids to grab a hold of their learning and do something with it. They don't nice. have to wait to be told what to do with a teacher. And to me, that's way better than just having a standard statement, which again, great first step. You start doing that and then move further, right? Yeah. Move it into a scale because now kids can see how they're growing on that standard. They know when they're done as opposed to just getting a grade uh, from the teacher with, you know, hopefully some feedback, but maybe, maybe not. Mm. Now I know that, okay, this work, this is what I have to do to get a three. Let's say, let's use the numbers. This is what I have to be here. If I'm just starting, I'm, I'm going to start with that foundational level material. Mm-hmm. See what I know ahead of time. All those, all those things that I may come in with different foundational information than you, perhaps to a standard. And now I can say, okay, I know this one. I know this one. I don't know this. I don't know this. And now I can start working on those individual pieces. And now, as you might expect, listener, your learning is becoming personalized at that point because I know all the pieces that I do know. Why do I have to sit through something and be taught that stuff I already know? Or as we've said many, many times before, why do I have to sit there and being taught things that are way too far ahead of me Way too far. if ahead. I don't even know the foundational stuff yet? Right. So suddenly you're being challenged as a student all the time and everybody is slightly different. And all just all because of scales. Yeah, they make a ton of sense. So like, I want to be clear that from everything I'm hearing you say, it isn't just we have standards and we have a four, three, two, one way of rating them. That's, there's still a missing piece, which is the um, kind of specific or um, more specific descriptions of what the meeting is, what the two or the foundational pieces are, and then what the exceeding is. Yeah, yeah, and you have to have it with specific pieces of content for those, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to some, uh, some scales are written just because we have a scale doesn't mean it's a good scale. That's what I'm trying to say, right? There right. Some... Like I could have a standard and I could have an eight point scale, but if it isn't clear what all those different levels actually mean, other than the teacher just deciding <laughs> what number you get without any transparency, that's still the same. That's standards referenced perhaps, which is a little better, but uh, not not transparent and not standards-based or not competency-based. So, so tell me how with this particular scale that I see a lot okay. with people to finally start. So here's my, uh, here's my proficient level, right? Student consistently solves word problems involving two steps. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
the one below it, the foundational part is students sometimes solves word problems involving two steps. Uh, below that is students sel seldom solves word problems involving two steps. Is that a good scale or not? No, I no, it's too subjective. What's the difference between sometimes and consistently? Okay. I would also say that if I have one piece of work in front of me, define- Oh, you couldn't me. possibly judge that with one piece of work. So my scale is now judging a body of evidence and not a piece of work. So it's really not a scale. It's like just an overall, it's, you're grading something again. Yeah, it's like a little closer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still not good. And I think that there are plenty of examples of bad ones out there, but you mentioned it before, having clear expectations of what a two level means or foundational level means and having clear expectations of what a mastery level is or a competent level, the three level, whatever we're talking about here. Yeah. And at the four level going beyond is where everybody kind of, kind of freaks out a little bit because mm -hmm. how do you go above and beyond? That's your generic statement, right? Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to talk about is how do you go oh. above and beyond? I love it. I we, love it. We, but have, we don't have time today to talk about we're, that. We're not going to talk about it today because I was just going to mention, we have done this probably two or three times in the past, yeah. in our past couple hundred of episodes. Oh, we but devoted, I will do it again. <laughs> we have devoted episodes to what a four is. And yeah. put it this way, we're going to talk about fours next week. Yeah, we are. The whole yeah. podcast will be about fours. Yep. Um, because spoiler alert, Courtney and I have the answer. <laughs> right there. Yeah, there's there's no question. We know the answer to this one. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, so one of the things that that I that you really want to think about is those are those clear expectations at the levels of your scale, and they need to be different at each level. Uh, even further, they should be at different uh, rigor levels mm -hmm. because that really helps identify what the difference is between a mastered level and a foundational level at that yeah. point. You can really narrow it down if you have any idea about a, some type of rigor framework. Right. That's That all seems pretty easy to me. Okay, oh, yeah. standards, good step, scales, next step. Then once you have scales, all the possibilities start opening at this point. They do, oh, okay. it is, it really is crazy what, a, um, I, I don't, it, I don't know what the word I want is, but it is, it makes, it's a key. It's one of the keys to yeah. making learner centered education work. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. If you're starting with just a standard statement, all of those other things, you're not going to unlock any of those other things because you don't have the key of, of scales. I yeah. tortured that metaphor right there, but I think everybody gets it that you can't really, you can't really do all the things that we've been talking about for the last six years, unless you have scales in place to begin with. Right. But once you do, sky's the limit. Sky's the world the is limit. open. The road is open. What else do we got here? I, I'm not going to, I'm not playing. I'm not adding to the ridiculousness gotcha. of the, these metaphors. <laughs> That's that's fair. Maybe maybe you can continue some of these on your other podcast that you co-host with an, a different man. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'll play right along. Probably. Oh, there's no probably. He will. Yeah. <laughs> awesome.
Okay. Hey, everybody. Find us everywhere where we engage with social media at PLearnMC. Our website is PLearnMC.com, and we will talk next time. Bye.